Blessed be the name of the Lord. Who is like unto my God. Redeemed by his blood. Brought me from unrighteousness to righteousness. From a lost state to liberty within. He took me as I was. As I was, he took me. He gave me of his spirit and called me his own. Such grace. All I did was believe, Jesus, that you died. That's grace. The scourging post, the cross, the resurrection. I believe that. And I was justified by your blood. Who is that unto you, my Lord? Who left the glories of heaven coming down to earth and to live a life as my substitute. All that I've ever done wrong was laid on you, Jesus. And through your blood, I am forgiven, redeemed and ransomed. Full of hatred and junk in my life. But unless in the twinkling of an eye, you forgave me of all my sin and abolished death inside of me and gave me everlasting life. We love you, Jesus. We worship you. And we praise you. We praise you, Jesus. We praise you, Jesus. We glorify your name. Son of the living God, redeemed by your blood, you call me your own. Thank you for your blood, Jesus. Twenty-eight years ago, five o'clock in the morning, you took me as I was, and you came in and dwelt me. I want to tell you, Jesus, that I worship you. I thank you and praise you for your grace, an abundant grace, an abundant mercy that redeemed every person in here, Lord. Took us from sinners to saints, Lord. We are not sinners saved by grace. No, no, grace came and empowered us, and now we're called saints. We are not sinners. We used to be sinners. Grace came and abounded in me. I went from being a sinner to a saint, according to the writings of St. Paul. Nowhere does the Bible say, Lord, that I'm still a sinner saved by grace. No, grace came and empowered us. And now we are called saints. I love you, Jesus. Only you, Jesus. 
Only you, Jesus. I give you praise, glory, and honor. Hallelujah. Glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Great job, Harry, and the worship team. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Didn't we have a good time on Sunday? Here in Marshall, Prophesy, and then Sarah exhort. We had a blast. Absolute blast. The pastor's not here. He went and supported a local pastor in town whose wife went to be with Jesus. So Pastor and Miss Candy are there right now with Pastor Rincon from the First Assembly of God Church. Good man, good family. And so Pastor Bronk is with the family right now. So he asked me to fill in. And I gladly say yes. I'm pretty excited today to minister God's word. Really excited, actually. I'm glad you guys are here tonight, today. I really believe, I, I really believe you're going to be edified today. I really do. I had a wonderful, glorious day today. It's one of them days that you'll talk about for a while. Just, just today of just the Holy Ghost and many I worship you, Jesus, and I love you, Jesus, and a day of revelation, knowledge, a day of weeping, just a wonderful day of prayer. I never fellowship with the clock. I don't look at the clock. I don't rejoice at the length of time that I pray. I just rejoice in the midst of the time. I don't rejoice in hours. That, that, that's I don't rejoice at all. I rejoice the duration of the change in the hours. Are you with me? The clock means nothing to me. It's what happens inside that time that renovates my inward man. That's what we're after. Wonderful time in prayer today. A wonderful time in prayer. Wonderful time. Wonderful time. so happy I just I've been born again for what 28 years I guess I I can't understand I'm incapable of comprehending how Christians get burnt out I can't comprehend or under being for a season I'll be able to see I can't comprehend how Christians get stressed when we got a prayer language called Praying in other tongues. You know that the Greek says that as you pray in tongues, you're building a house and also says that you're emboldened. Look it up. I can't see. But I'm emboldened every day when I give myself to the Holy Spirit. You can't go wrong praying in the Holy Ghost. People just completely misunderstand 1 Corinthians chapter 14. They have no concept where you need an interpreter. No, you don't. It's a tongue of self-edification. I'm praying unto God, not to anyone else. You got to get it right, man. Don't let religion, don't let a deacon board or a denomination dictate to you what praying in tongues is or isn't. Read your Bible, chapter 14, over and over and over again. You will see it. And if you ever get a hold of it, 
it will change you forever. It is a prayer from heaven. How can a prayer from heaven, how can you go wrong when the third person of the Godhead lives inside of you and you're being edified, you're building a superstructure? How can you go wrong when heaven sends us a prayer and it says that you're emboldened by it? Who wouldn't want to be emboldened by the Holy Ghost? Who in their right mind would not want to be emboldened by him? I pray in English too. I pray in Spanish a little bit. I pray, well, you guys worship praying in tongues. No, we don't, man. But it has changed my life. You don't have to believe me. I graduated with 17 F's my senior year. 17 F's. I promise you, 17 F's. This prayer language has changed my mind. It's given me the ability through Christ, through the Holy Ghost, to retain stuff up here in this coconut. It has helped me tremendously. People ask me, how do you remember that? You can't see. You can't read your Bible. How do you remember that? And they commend you. They compliment you. I say, thank you for the compliment. You ask me how I do it. I'm going to tell you how I do it. I pray in tongues. I pray in the Holy Spirit. No, 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 really, really. I tell them what I do, they change the conversation. Okay, man. You keep, I'll keep praying in the Spirit. I'll keep growing in God and renovating my inward man. And I'll just keep marching on. Don't argue with nobody. Amen. Hallelujah. So glad you guys are with us today. We're going to have a, a good time in God. Some new stuff in Corinthians that the Holy Ghost has been showing me. I remember a couple of years ago, I don't know if Corey remembers me and Corey were having a talk. I don't know when it was, two years, three years, four years, I don't know. We're talking about martyrdom, about martyrdom. And Corey said something at the time I didn't agree with him. I don't think he might have known what he meant. Maybe he didn't. I don't think he did. He said, hey, he remembered, but I don't think he knew what he meant in a good way. He said, when you're martyred, is there a special grace on you where you don't feel the pain? I said, no. You're going to feel the pain. But he was partially right because there's a great grace on you that will allow you to endure the pain. You with me? The pain's going to be there, man. Christ felt pain. There was a great grace given to him to endure the pain. Our forefathers were incredible. I weep thinking about our forefathers. I weep thinking of the love that they walked in. So I hide myself in the scriptures. I believe in just being a glutton in the scriptures. One of my friends, the Gadite, I call her Natalie the Gadite, because after you hear her testimony, you just respect her that much more. She sent me a teaching of her old youth pastor. Some of you may say, oh, no, I don't hear nobody else but Pastor Bronk. Listen to me, man. I'm a big boy. I'm a big boy. I know what's wrong, and I know what's right. I hear, I don't sit under anybody else, but I will hear other people. And I heard a great message.
by her old youth pastor. I was real enlightened. Some of the things he said, you know this man prays in the Holy Ghost. He said that he told his worship team, if you don't pray at least 30 minutes a day, get off my stage. And he specified, you're not praying in the Holy Ghost and reading your Bible, get off of my stage. He told his staff that, his ushers, you're not giving yourself 30, at least 30 minutes a day, release yourself. He was bold. I don't know how much of you guys, but that's your business. That's not my business. He said, but if you're not praying in the spirit, he specified, get off my stage. You're not going to be a worship member on my worship team. He said some powerful, powerful, powerful things. And it just hit the spot to hear this man say that. He said the same thing we say about worship. Open up, lift up your hands, and worship the Lord. Some of you are disagreeing with me right now because I said I heard somebody else. Listen. I'm a big boy. I spend time in God's word. It's going to take a lot to stir me away from what I know to be truth. I'm not going to be stirred away. Well, I hear other people very seldom, but I do. And I'm not intimidated at all by anybody. I know what I believe. I won't sit under any other doctrine, but I'll hear other people. And this man did a great, 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 great job. And I was glad she sent it to me. He said something so remarkable. We're going to get on with the lesson. He said only 11% of the church reads their Bible. 11% of Christians that have been redeemed by the blood of Jesus read their Bible. That is why the world is so Messed up. See, we want to blame the world for being, we want to blame non-Christians for the world being messed up. No, no. The world is messed up because the church is messed up. The church, judgment starts in the house of God first. If you don't believe me, read 1 Peter chapter 4. We support stuff that is so anti-God and don't even know it because we don't have our nose in the word of God. 11% of people in the church, only 11% read their Bible. I believe it. Because what the church supports, what they stand for, what they say is right, what they say is wrong, the church does not have a clue. Because they do not put this word in their heart. Their heart is not enlarged with God's word. It's empty. They are not straightened. Their heart is not enlarged with God's word. Jesus Christ redeemed you. I was a sinner my whole life. My whole life, I was a pervert, man. I am so sure that if I had not given my life to Christ, I would have died within a month and gone to hell. When I gave my life to Christ, I was hearing this certain song. I'm going to tell you about who, but the song said, I'm a disciple of Satan with work to do. It was a song about S&M. Google it. I'm not going to tell you what it is in church. S&M is perverted. 
I would sing that song every go. I would say, I'm a disciple of Satan with work to do. Then it would say, S&M. I was hearing that junk. I was that far going into that kind of lifestyle, a lifestyle of complete perversion. But God came, and by the power of God, he changed me inside. No more disciple of Satan, no more S&M, but now purity in his eyes because the power of God lives inside of me. Christians don't know about the power of God. Christ in us is the power, the dunamis power of God. Defeat in the church because we do not understand what lives inside of us. It's the dunamis power of God. You are born again of incorruptible seed, man. You are an absolute powerhouse in Jesus. You are an absolute powerhouse. You cannot be held back. Only person that can hold you back is yourself. You have a Bible that's holy and undefiled. Put the word of God in you, man. Put it in you. Put the word of God in you, man. You'll never, you think, well, I can't. I heard somebody say about a month ago, and I'm going to get on with the lesson. There was a Christian at a table, a solid young man. And he was testifying how he had overcome this and overcome that and this and that. And there was somebody else at the table. If that person knows I'm talking about that person, that's okay. If you say something, you better be able to back it up and not say, no, I, I wasn't talking about you. And yes, I am. I am. I am talking about that person. If they hear and ask me, I'll have to say, yes, I, was, I use you as a, an example. Yes, I will. You got to live with that. person told the young man that was came out of so much junk. The other person had been in the church for 20, 25 years, maybe 30. She told the young man that was a year or two old in Christ how he had overcome uh, sexual perversion, uh, cocaine, and all the crazy life he used to live. And I was shocked at what this person told that young man. This person said to him, how do you do it? person 30 years as a Christian told a new convert how do you do it to overcome these things I wasn't going to say nothing but I said immediately 1 John chapter 3 said he that is born of God sinneth not for his seed remaineth in him and he cannot sin habitually because he is born of God my advice to that person you better get born again. Because if you can't figure out how not to sin, you say sin is hard, you better get born again and have the seed of God revive you. Because you're in a dead state, man. You're in a dead state. You do not know Jesus Christ. You do not know him. A person that is born again does not habitually sin. Is that the doctrine of this church? That is the Bible. We just repeat the word of God. We don't have our own doctrine here. We try our very best through the Holy Ghost to preach to you the word of God and completely live out an opinion. I try my very, I'll give my opinion on history maybe, but on the word of God and the doctrine, I will not give an opinion. I will not. I'll give my opinion on politics, but not from the pulpit I won't. Because I, I am not, I am not a political person at all.
What I believe is not political. What I believe is biblical. So I'm not, you might think I am, because your party might not like what the Bible stands for, but I will not back down from the Bible. I will quote it in boldness the best that I can in love. I am not a political person. I am a biblical person. I try my very best to be. Amen? So we have the Spirit of God inside of us. The power of God. The word power in the Greek is the word dunamis. We have a born-again spirit that's created in holiness and true righteousness. Only one problem. There's not a problem with our born-again spirit. Our born-again spirit has a mind of its own. And that mind is to be what? Renewed. You with me? Our born-again spirit has a mind of its own. That's why it says, be renewed in the spirit of your mind and you put on the new man, which after God is created in holiness and true righteousness. That's why Christians have a hard time. You've got to renew your mind process. You've got to, re- remind, you got to renew your mind. You've got to renovate your mind. You, got to, you have a conscience that's new and perfected, but you've got to renew your mind every single day, man, with God's word. That's why you're having a hard time. Get born again and spend time in the Word of God and overcoming sin will be very, very easy. You know that the Old Testament is filled with do nots. Can you agree with me on that? The Old Testament is filled with do nots. As you are a born again believer, we have the potential to do not the do nots. That's what you have inside of you. You have a powerhouse, the dunamis power of God. To not do the do nots. So to say you can't stop doing the do nots and you're still doing them, you better get born again and you better renew your mind by God's word. We can take this unto death, man. There's more to being a Christian than just not sinning. We can change the world when we allow God's word to frame our mind. We have to frame our mind and just barely squeaking by. We have a town that's dying. People are dying. We have a government on both sides that are so wrong and so anti-God. This world needs true, born-again believers that will die on the word of God. That will. This is a sword that we got to lean on. This is a sword that we got to die on. Nothing else can replace. We have to be willing, willing with all that we have to give it all to Jesus. This nation needs us. This community needs us. They don't need another Christian. They need disciples. They need disciples. They need men and women that will plow forward with all that they got, empowered by the Holy Ghost, that don't care nothing about their life, that all they want to do is serve Jesus. And I believe we got a bunch here that wants that. I believe we got a bunch that wants that. Amen? You can be going to 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Just hold it there, verse 1. I've been going through Corinthians for a while. I'm going to summarize a little bit on chapter 4 and chapter 5. 
Corinthians was written to the church at Corinth, to believers. Written by St. Paul, a guy that wrote almost 60% of the New Testament. Quite an individual. Quite an individual. He recorded some incredible things. In, and I'm going to summarize chapter 4 and chapter 5 and go into line on line in chapter 6 of 2 Corinthians. He talked about we have this treasure, an earthen vessel. The direction of the power may be of God and not of men, saying we have the power of God. We have Christ in us. The apostles had one conclusion. I'm born of God to manifest truth. If you don't want to give your life to Jesus, they write. Let it not be because I, Paul, didn't manifest truth. If you don't want to give your life to you, let it be because Satan has blinded you. Don't let it be because I, Paul, am not manifesting truth to you. If the world around us does not want Jesus, don't let it be because they don't see Jesus in us. If they don't want Jesus, let it be because Satan has blinded their eyes. They've got to see Jesus in us. Paul said, we're here to manifest truth in your conscience. We're here to manifest truth. I want you to see, Paul writes, paraphrasing, that I have this treasure hidden in this body, and this body of clay inside of me is a power of God that lives inside of me. So no matter where I go, no matter what I do, I know what lives inside of me. We have this treasure hidden in earthen vessel that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of man. Power lives inside of us, which is the spirit of God. Paul said some remarkable things in 2 Corinthians 4. Remember, we're going to summarize chapter 4 and chapter 5 and go line upon line with three or four chapters, three or four verses in 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Paul said, I'm here to manifest truth unto you. See, most Christians will manifest truth as long as they feel like it. If you don't feel like manifesting truth, then we won't. We'll give in to the moment. But Paul said this. He said, always, always bearing about in the body. Listen to what he said. Remember, Paul said, I'm here with Christ in me, the power of God to manifest truth to you, church in Corinth. I'm here, I'm here. As a warrior, as Paul the agent, I'm here to manifest truth in your life. He said, always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. Listen to what he said, that I'm here to manifest truth, but every single day of my life, I meet opposition. My flesh wants to resist the power of God in me. He said, I always, I always bear my body, the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in my body. For, for we are always delivered unto death. Every single day of his life, he met resistance. He met resistance, but the resistance never conquered him because he said, I live to manifest, to manifest forth truth. No matter what situation I'm in, I understand God's grace. 
understand what saved me. I'm going to manifest truth in your eyes, church in Corinth. You should always, always bear my body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in my body. For we that are dead are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake. Always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake. That the life also of Jesus, he was redundant. He said it twice. Be made manifest in my mortal body. He said every single day, every moment, there's contention for my flesh that contends with me. But I understand God's grace and I understand what I face every day and the grace of God empowers me where I know the truth can be manifested if I allow my flesh to get the best of me. Christians don't know what they have inside of them. They don't know what lives inside of them. We'd rather give in to the moment. We'd rather give in to the emotional battle than get up and put God's word in your mouth and speak to the mountain. It's much easier to give in to the moment than to get up, stand up, and to quote God's word against that mountain. We're so defeated year in and year out by the same exact emotion. I'm convinced that, em that sickness is about 80% emotion. But we put up with so much because it's easier to not do nothing about it, to take the care. Another year, the same pattern, same complacency. Another year, same battle, same defeat. Another year, same battle, same defeat with the power of God living inside of us. Two nights ago, I had a glorious night. I woke up and prayed. Started, I, I heard Marsha's voice and I was asleep when Marsha said, if you feel something inside of you, get up and pray. So I got up and prayed for Nathaniel, my son. I don't know why, I just got up and prayed. Not because he was, he was not home at that time. So I got up and prayed for him. And I heard her voice. I, just, I was just praying and I heard her voice. And I just got up and prayed. And I prayed for my son. He made it home okay. Got home about 1230. Uh, he made it home. But whether I heard God or not, well, I don't know, I heard Marsha, her voice. I got up anyway. So if I thought I heard him and didn't pray, shame on me, right? If I thought I heard God, but it really wasn't him, but I got up and prayed, then, and I didn't pray, then shame on me. But if I thought it was him and it wasn't him, I got up and prayed, it's still a victory for me because I made sure. Amen? I made sure. Paul said, always bear my body the dying of the Lord Jesus. This flesh contends with me every day. I bear my body the marks. I bear my body the dying of the Lord Jesus so that the life, he said, I bear my body, I contend with the flesh every day so that the life of Jesus might be manifest in my mortal body. So then death worketh in me, but life in you. I die daily. You see who God is inside of me because I die daily. I live out of the power of God that lives inside of me. He knew that he had a mission and he understood God's grace. And we think about what he went through when you read 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and 13. All the infirmities that he went through. Yet he came up with one conclusion. Jesus said, my grace the church does not understand God's grace. 
That's why we live in so much defeat. Look at the list of infirmities Paul went through in chapter 13. Look at what he went through. Yeah, Jesus told him, yeah, Paul, my grace, my dunamis power is sufficient for thee, Paul. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. We don't understand God's grace. We cannot comprehend. We let emotions, we let the moment keep us at home. We do not understand the power of his grace. We do not understand the power of the Holy Ghost. Why? Because look at all that Paul went through and didn't miss a lick. Because he knew and understood the grace, the power, the dunamis of God. He understood it and he lived it. Every day of his life, his flesh wanted to contend with him. He said, but no, I bear in my body the dying of the Lord Jesus so that the life of Jesus might be made manifest in my mortal body. He knew and concluded by knowing God's grace. He understood God's grace. God's grace, he had a visit, he had a visual of it. He had an image of it inside of him. He knew that God's grace was a secret to his life. I can go through it five times. Was he beaten and flogged? Beaten, tortured, feet broken. And Jesus said, my grace is sufficient for thee. We do not understand the grace of God. We, we don't have a clue of God's grace. If we understood God's grace, most Christians would be here every single service. Instead of letting the moment or the emotion torment us, it's easier to give ourselves to symptoms than to come to church and maybe, just maybe, just maybe have the Holy Ghost just wash through that service and giving you life right there and then. But we do not understand God's grace. We, we do not comprehend it. The apostles did. They changed the absolute world. They changed it. They understood God's dunamis, God's grace. They understood that it was a power of God. They understood what lived inside of them. Paul said, Inside of me, the power of God. And that's what I live by. I'm not a victim. I'm not one that quits very easy. I'll get up when I feel pressure from my flesh, and I'll put the word of truth in my mouth, and I'll speak to that mountain. See, it's easy to stay in bed and not speak to the mountain and put up with the defeat. It's another thing to get up, square your shoulders, Put the word of God in your mouth and speak to that situation. We've got to learn to be tough, man. We've got to learn to put our trust in the grace of God. And God's grace is given to you more and more in obedience. The more you obey, the more you overcome struggles, the more grace is given unto you, man. We've got to put God's word in our mouth. That's 2 Corinthians chapter 4 somewhat, a summary. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, Paul says this. He said, I faint not, though this flesh of mine is perishing, yet every day my inward man is renewed day by day. He said, every single day, he said, my flesh is perishing. I say no to my flesh every day. My inner man, my inward man is renewed day by day. Do you know what he called that? He said, every day this flesh is perishing. 
Every single day, it's perishing. At the same time, every day, my inward man is being renewed. You know what he called that? Every day, this flesh is perishing. You know what he called it? He called it a light affliction. If you're not saying no to your flesh, you're not being renewed day by day. You are not being renewed. When you say no to that situation, when you say no to that mountain, you say no to your flesh, your inward man. The mind of that inward man is renewed day by day. It's a progressive thing, but he is renewed. Paul said, the things that I face every day in the ministry, physically, he said, these are but light afflictions. I go through these things because I want my inward man renewed. I want to get stronger every single day. It's what I'm looking for. And that's what he, he said. I live to manifest truth. There's no other reason that I live but to manifest the truth of Jesus Christ. And no matter what I feel, no matter what I'm going through, I'm here to manifest truth to the Corinthians. I'm here. I'm here to manifest Jesus to you. He said, in Philippians chapter 2, I believe, he said, for me to live is Christ, but to die is gain. He wrote this epistle in prison. He said, for, for me, Paul, to me, to live is Christ, but to die is gain. He wrote in prison, guys, don't feel sorry for me. I'm here for the defense of the gospel. I can preach the gospel out of prison. I can raise the dead out of prison. I can be in prison defending the gospel. I can raise the dead here too. I'm here preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Everything that I go through is a light affliction so that my new man, my mind, will be renovated day by day by day. But your mind is not renovated without God's word and without you saying no to the flesh. I'm going to read God's word. I'm going to keep God's word. I'm going to renovate my new man, and I will say no to you flesh. You will not stop me from being renewed day by day. But we do not understand God's grace. We do not, in God's church, we do not understand his grace. We just, we just do not. It's so much easier to say no It's to the moment. It's so much easier to give in to the feeling. It's so much easier to give in to what we feel year after year after year after year after year instead of getting up, standing up, girding yourself, and speaking God's word. It's easier to give in and to put out of your mouth and speak the word of God. Jesus spoke the word of God. He said, it is written, it is written, it is written, it is written. So we're going to go to 2 Corinthians chapter 6 now. We're going to quote something remarkable that the Apostle Paul said. It's remarkable. And I said to you that the church does not understand the grace of God. We don't understand what lives inside of us. We don't understand Christ in us, the hope of glory. We don't because we live in so much defeat. So much defeat. Where the common, I said it two Wednesdays ago, the common headache has neutralized the saint. Can you say amen to that? Will you say amen to that? Will you say amen and mean it? The common headache has neutralized Holy Ghost filled saints. The common emotion has neutralized the saints. If you say amen, will you mean it? Do, 
do you believe me when I say that? Amen. The common emotion, the common headache has neutralized the saints of God because we don't know how to put God's word in our mouth and speak to mountains. We don't have a clue or we're just flat out complacent and lazy. We'd rather leave, live our life defeated to the moment than standing up as a powerhouse woman, as a powerhouse man, anointed of the Holy Ghost, and speak to that mountain. That's sad. He's looking for soldiers, man. Not Chris. He's looking for soldiers, men and women that are soldiers. And we have soldiers at this church. Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 1, he's addressing the church in Corinth. Obviously, the, the saints in Corinth, they're not living holy lives. They're not living holy lives as Christians to the world. The world is seeing Christians that are not acting like Christians. Can you say amen to that? There are Christians that are Christians that don't act like Christians. Paul says something so remarkable here. Remarkable. In 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 1, he said, as workers together with him. Verse 1, as workers together with him. As workers together with him. Excuse me. As workers together with him, I beseech you also. Listen to what he said. As workers together with him, him being Jesus, as workers together with him, I beseech thee also. You do not receive the what? The grace of God in vain. He said, I'm writing to you. As workers together with him, you do not receive the grace of God in vain. For he saith, I have heard thee, in a time accepted, I have suffered thee on the day of salvation. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. This is what he said. He said, person of Immokalee, I'm asking you, do not receive the grace of God in vain. In the last verse out of chapter 5, he tells you what that grace is. He said, he made him who knew no sin to become sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. That's the grace that we received. We received a righteous standing because our inward man was changed. He said, don't receive that righteous standing. Don't receive who God has made you by grace. Don't receive that grace in vain. You are a powerhouse now. The spirit of the living God indwells you. You've been made righteous. By nothing that you did, but by everything that he did. You just believe that he did it. He said, as workers together with him, I beseech you also, do not receive the grace of God in vain. Don't do it, family prayers. Don't do it. Don't receive God's grace in vain. For he saith, I have heard thee. Again, in the time accepted. What's the next part? What is it? In the day of salvation. I have suffered in the day of salvation. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. What's the very next part? Listen carefully. 
What's the next verse? Start off with me, Harry. Yeah, listen. Behold, yeah. Behold now. Listen to what he said about the grace that you received upon regeneration. You were made righteous. Harry was made righteous. I was made righteous. Nathaniel was made righteous. Marty was made righteous. But given regarding the grace that we've received upon regeneration, giving no offense, listen to me, giving no offense in anything. He's writing to born-again believers. You've accepted Jesus Christ in your heart. You have been made righteous. He came and abolished death inside of you. Now you're righteous. He said, don't receive that grace in vain. And above all these things, don't receive God's grace in vain. In anything you do, what's that verse again, Harry, the second part again? Giving no offense in anything. Listen to me. He said, giving, he's talking to the church, the born-again, sanctified believers. He said, you receive God's grace, don't receive it in vain. Giving no offense in anything. Listen, giving no offense in anything, that the ministry be not blamed, but in all things approving yourself as the ministers of God. You got to go back to chapter 5. You understand what he's talking about? He said, giving no offense. Miss Gay, you're born again. You're Holy Ghost filled. Christ has made you righteous. Don't receive that grace in vain, Miss Gay. You're a righteous individual because Christ dwells in you. People got problems saying that they're righteous. Well, if you got problems saying that you're righteous, you're calling the word of God a liar. The Bible, Christ in you, has made you righteous. So, Ms. Gay, giving no offense to anything, Ms. Gay. But the ministry be not blamed. But in all things, Ms. Gay, in all things, what's the, what's the next verse there? In all things, approving yourself as a minister of God. In all things, Ms. Gay. And he said, but in all things, approving yourself as a minister of God. He said, but above all things, approving yourself as a servant of God, giving no offense. You're righteous, Harry. You're born again. Don't receive that righteous standing in vain. Don't receive it, Harry. Giving no offense, Harry, in anything that you do, but contrasting that, but in all things, approving yourself as a minister of God. The Greek says servant. He said, what lives inside of you is a powerful operation. Your life in Christ far exceeds overcoming sin. It far exceeds that. Paul's talking about being hated in context by the world. Do you see friction now in the world? We're despised right now. Murderers, thugs, rapists are being not charged. Jails are being emptied. But Christians are being hated. A true Christian, a true Christian, a disciple of Jesus Christ will give themselves for the world. A true born-again believer that understands who he is that puts her or his nose in the word of God will die for someone that hates him. Well, that is a true story. If you are a mediocre Christian, you won't die for somebody. You won't. 
because you can't even overcome yourself. But if you truly wake up in the morning and the striving of your heart is to indulge yourself in God's word, is to pray in the spirit, is to worship God, is to fast, is you want to make a difference in life, you will die for those that hate you. You will die for those that hate you. A regular Christian, he won't. Regular Christians, they just, they're so filthy and mean. The world hates Christianity because in the church, it's so, we're so judgmental. You know that we're not allowed to judge an unbeliever? We're not allowed, according to Corinthians, to judge an unbeliever. But we can judge each other in the church. If Harry is cheating on Sarah, I got every right to go to him. If I'm not cheating on Rosie, I got every right to go to him and say, Harry, you're out of line. You go to Pastor Brock right now, and you step off the ministry, off that piano, or I want to tell him, Harry, take care of it yourself. You're way out of order. I got every right to do that. Now, if Harry wasn't born again, my teaching to him would be Jesus Christ and him crucified. To tell him not to commit adultery when he's not born again, he could care less about that. He needs to hear Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ crucified. That's what Harry needs to hear. But here the writer stating, he said, don't receive God's grace in, in vain, Miss Gay. He said, in all things, in all things that you do, Miss Gay, don't be blamed as a Christian. Giving no offense in anything, Miss Gay. Giving no offense in anything as a Christian. Giving no offense in anything, Miss Gay. Giving, you don't offend anybody in any situation, you do not offend Miss Gay. But in all things, but in all things, what's the next part of that verse? Approving ourselves as the servants of God. Listen to what he said. Listen to what he said. No matter what we go through in life, we have no right to take an offense at anyone. I don't care what they've done. I don't care what they've said. You do not have a right as a Christian to take an offense at someone, especially the world. The world thinks that they're right. It's by them seeing Jesus in us that, they have, that we have a chance of them thinking, well, wait a minute, I know I'm a miserable person, but my man, this gay came up to me and she loved me and, and she gave me a hug and there's something about her smile. I felt uncomfortable around Miss Gay. I felt uncomfortable. They, I know I'm not living a good life, and I, I want what she has. He said, in all things, Miss Gay, don't give an offense. He's talking to believers not to give an offense to the unbeliever. Approving yourself as a servant of God. Listen to what he said. Listen to what he said. Proving yourself as a minister of God. In, in. Notice the wording. He said, in. He's telling Gay, don't, Miss Gay, Homer, do not receive God's grace in vain. Don't do it. Don't do it, Homer. You've been made righteous. He made him who knew no sin to become sin for us that Miss Gay 
might be made the righteousness of God in him that was made sin. You receive a righteous standing, Ms. Gay, free of charge. All your sin, Ms. Gay, was laid on the sacrificial lamb of God. All that you ever did wrong, Ms. Gay, you were freely forgiven. So don't you dare receive God's grace in vain, Ms. Gay. Don't you dare offend somebody. No matter what they do, Ms. Gay, your whole life you were a sinner. I came, died for you, you acknowledged it, and I made you righteous, Ms. Gay. Don't receive that grace in vain. You've been made righteous, not on what you did, but what on he did. And you've been made righteous by his blood. He said, give no offense in anything that the ministry be not blamed, but have proven ourselves as the servants of God. Then he goes on and he specifies what not to give an offense in. And what Paul said this, no matter what happens, I bear in my body the dying of the Lord Jesus. I have the power of God inside of me. I know what it cost Jesus for me to be born again. It cost him everything. Everything. And he redeemed me when I was in a miserable state. So Paul tells Ms. Gay, Ms. Gay, don't receive God's grace in vain. Don't give an offense in anything. But, contrary, but in all things, Ms. Gay, approving yourself as a minister of God. Listen to what he said. In, what's the first thing he listed? What's that? Don't be scared. You got a Bible. In patience. Excuse me. Say it louder. Do what? In all things. Well, I know what it says. I'm just seeing if you're with me because you're a little low-key today. In patience. In afflictions. He said, he listed some things that he went through in his life. And these horrible things that he went through, he didn't offend anybody by sinning against them. He said, in these things, in patience, this is what he went through. And in the things that he went through, he didn't offend anybody. Real quick, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, Paul said this regarding understanding what God Christ did for him. He said, the love of Christ, it constrains me. Listen to what he said. Listen carefully. He said, the love of Christ, it constrains me. It compels me. And thus I judge. This is what Paul said. This is how you knew and understood that he understood the grace of God. He said, the love of Christ, it compels me. And thus I judge that if he died for all, then all were dead. And that if he died for all, then they which live, listen to he said, henceforth should not live unto themselves, but to him that died for them. He knew his life was nothing about the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. He knew 
all his sins were forgiven by the blood of Jesus Christ. He knew there would be no redeemed Paul without the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So he concludes with himself, I owe you my life. I owe you my life, Jesus. I'm compelled. I'm compelled by your love. And thus I judge, Paul says, if he died for all, then we're all dead. And that if he died for all, then they which live henceforth now that we live in Christ, henceforth we live unto him that died and rather rose again. You with me? He concluded within himself that who he was was because the blood of Jesus redeemed him. He said, I'm redeemed and forgiven because of what the sacrificial lamb of God did. And he knew. He said, thus I judge. Thus I judge. That if he died for all, then we're all dead. And that he died for all that they which live, the born again believers should not live unto themselves, but unto him that died and rose again. He said a few, a few verses down. If any man, listen to, I want you to listen to this part. If any man be in Christ, this, this, is very, this is vital. If any man be in Christ, he is a what? You know the verse. He is a new creation. Listen to me. Old things have passed. Behold, all what? Things have become new. Paul concluded. He said, thus I judge that if he died for all, then all were dead. And that he died for all, and they which live, the born-again believer, shall not live unto themselves, but to him that died and rose again. And he knew once he lived for Christ, he knew it was a new creation. He said, if you be in Christ, which Paul says, I am in Christ, Old things have passed. Behold, all things have become new. 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 Remember that. Behold, all things are past. Behold, all things have become new. He said, Gay. He said, Marty. He said, Rex. Don't receive God's grace in vain. You give no offense in anything, Rex. But this world, if they hate you, they want you dead, Rex. They want to crucify you. Rex, as a blood-bought son, give no offense at anything, Rex. Why, Jesus, that the ministry be not blamed. But in all things, approving yourself as the ministers of God. No matter what you go through, no matter what you face in life. No matter who wants you dead. Right now people will have us dead because we believe the little baby has a right to live. You see rage in the sight of people. Rage. They want unlimited abortion. Infanticide. Make no mistake. Even in their hatred towards us, 
They don't really hate us because we hate what Jesus hates. If they hate us, then they're hating him. He said, Marsha, you give no offense in anything that the ministry of reconciliation be not blamed. But in all things, Marsha, in all things, approving yourself as the ministers of God, then he gives us an IE list. In all things, approving yourself ministers of God. In all things, IE, for example, in patience. In afflictions, in necessities, in distress, in stripes, in imprisonments, in tumults, in watchings, in fastings. That fasting isn't a regular fast where you give up food for spiritual reasons. He was hungry and he was not eating. And stripes, he was beaten five times with 39 stripes. He was in prison, but in prison, stoned to death, five times received he the mark of the Jews. Twice he had his feet broken with rods. His whole life, he was hated for the gospel's sake. But yet this old warrior says, giving no offense in anything that the ministry be not blamed, but in all things of proving yourself the ministers of God. Let me be honest with you. I have a good day in prayer sometimes, an excellent day. And I run into the wall, hit my nose. A little something, something comes out. Not a big one. But I get mad. But here, he didn't run into the wall. He didn't cut his nail. He'd have to pay higher taxes. His wife didn't burn the stake. He said, but in all things, Ms. Gay, in patience, in distresses, in necessities, in stripes, in afflictions, in prison, being tortured and beaten, being flogged with a whip, marks on my back for serving Jesus. When you're beaten with a whip, you're striped on your back. When you're in prison for the gospel's sake, when you're going through tumults, when they don't let you sleep because the commotion is so loud, when there's watchings, when there's fastings, and all these things that you go through for the gospel, he said, do not offend anyone regardless of what you go through. You've got to let that sink in, man. In all these things, in patience, in afflictions, distresses, in time of need and necessities, in stripes, imprisonments, in tumults, in watchings, in labors, in fastings. He said, in these things. He said, in, he gave us, I.E. list. He said, in these things, in these things. Remember what he said in chapter 5? He said, thus I judge 
that he died for all, that all were dead, that he died for all, that they were to live, to not live unto themselves, but to him that died, who had to rose again. And a few verses down, he concluded that as Christ died and rose again, Paul died and rose again. And in that rising again, he was in Christ. He says, if any man be in Christ, listen to me, I'm winding down, listen to me. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are what? Past. Behold, all things have become new. Behold, all things have become new. He said, don't offend anybody, anything you go through. If you cuss, you take it. If they want to crucify you, you endure it. He said, in all these things, i.e., for example, he states, in patience, in distress, in necessities, being without food, being without water, naked, beaten, flogged, imprisonments, in tumults, in fastings, in watchings, in labors, whatever you face, don't offend anyone. Because inside of you, you have a treasure hidden, a earthen vessel inside of you. The power of God is in you. The next part really got me. He used in all these things. In patience, in distress, in necessities, in afflictions, in stripes, in imprisonments, in tumults, in watchings, and fasting. He said, in these things. Then he said, by. He said, in these things. He said, in all these things, Rex, no matter what you go through, Rex, no matter if Marsha leaves you, Rex. No matter if Marsha, Rex leaves you. No matter what happens, Rex. No matter what happens, Homer. And all these things, i.e., for example, all these things that can possibly happen to you, Homer, give no offense in anything. That the ministry be not blamed. What ministry? The ministry of reconciliation. We are all called to the ministry of reconciliation. Yet in all these things, what things? I.e., the list, the afflictions, the persecutions, the stripes, the imprisonments. I.e., according to this list, walk in honor. With the held, head held high. How, Paul? Then he said, by. By. He said, in these things, in this list, i.e., the things that you're going to go through, he said, in these things, give no offense in anything. Most believers can't overcome with it. Oh, thing is beat. They get all mad. I'm talking about myself. <laughs> but you gave yourself away, though. <laughs> I'm talking about myself. Thank you, Corey. I feel a lot better. He gave a list. In these things, Carl. In prison, when they beat you, when they take off your cloak and beat your back and leave you scarred and whipped and bleeding, 
And these things, Carl, and all these things, prove to the world, Carl, that you belong to me. Prove to the world. You belong to me. You give no offense in anything, Family Prayer Center. You don't take an offense from anyone. But in all these things, in all, he said, in all these things, in all these things, in patience, afflictions, distresses, necessities, stripes, imprisonments, tumults, labors, Fasting, he said, in these things. Then he said, by, by. Remember what I said in Second Corinthians chapter 5? He said, if any man be in Christ, behold, he is a new creation. Old things are past. Behold what? All things have become new. He said, in these things, i.e., for example, in these things, give no offense in anything. How? By, by, by. Pureness. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are past. Behold, all things have become new. By pureness. Did you walk in purity when you were an old man? Unregenerate? Dead? Old things are past. Behold, all things have become new. By pureness. By knowledge, by long suffering, by kindness, by the Holy Ghost, by love, by love unfeigned, by true, genuine agape love, by the power of God. By the word of truth, by the armor of God on the left hand and on the right. If any man be in Christ, old things are past. Behold, all things have become new. What are the new things that have become now that we're born again? By pureness, by knowledge, by long suffering. Do you have knowledge about God when you were unregenerate? Did you walk in pureness, in godly pureness when you weren't born again? Did you walk in godly kindness when you weren't born again? Did you walk in unfeigned love when you weren't born again? No, you didn't, but now these things are new in our life. These are new in our life. This is what we win the world by. He said, by pureness. New things. These are the new things that we have become. These are the new things that we live by. By pureness. By pureness. By knowledge. By kindness. By long-suffering. By the Holy Ghost. By unfeigned love. Genuine, real love. By the power of God. 
by the word of truth, by the armor of God on the left hand and on the right. Don't give no offense in anything, family, prayer, center. In these things, when you're in these things, live through them things, i.e., by pureness. Because if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Hatred has passed. Unforgiveness has passed. You're a new creation. All things have become new. What are the things that have become new? In the hell that we go through. In that hell, winding down. Impatience and affliction and distress and necessities and stripes being beaten with the whip, being beaten with the whip and stripes and imprisonment in prison. Paul said, when you're striped, when you're beaten for the gospel, when you're in prison, they're feeding you bread and water and you hadn't bathed in 60 days and they're mocking you and the rats are chewing at your feet. Do not give an offense in anything. How in the world? Because God's grace can see you through it. The same grace that will empower you to overcome that emotion is the same grace that will sustain you even in prison, even in martyrdom. By, you're sustained in these things if by pureness, by knowledge, by long-suffering, by kindness, by the Holy Ghost, by love unfeigned, by the power of God, by the word of truth, by the armor of righteousness on the left hand and on the right. These are the new things that we become, that we walk in. As children of God. We walk. And these things that are new. We do not receive. The grace of God. In vain. But if you don't walk in him. You receive his grace. In vain. Paul said, I always bear in my body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus may be made manifest in my body. I take it and I endure it. Because if I don't take it and endure it, you'll never see who God is inside of me. And it is the utmost importance to me, I, Paul, that you see that God is in me of a real. Not in speech. Anyone can talk about Jesus. Anyone can tell you about Jesus, but the world needs to see Jesus in us. They got to see Jesus in us, in word and in power. Not that we walk in power. We believe in Christ. Christ is the miracle worker. He does the work. We just have the faith. We just have enough love and compassion inside of us to see you get healed by the power of the Holy Ghost. We're no one in ourselves. He does the healing. We just do the loving. He heals, we love. And if we love like he loved, you get healed. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick. 
The prayer of faith shall save the sick. You don't know a little something today? I'm not mad at no one, man. I'm just tired of seeing some of you get beat up, man. I'm preaching to myself because no one has made more excuses in their life about church attendance than me. I used to work late on purpose not to come to church. I used to make every excuse in the world and schedule business meetings around church time. I wasn't lying. I was working. But I scheduled the work. I used to miss church because of football. But if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Behold, all things have passed. Behold, all things have become new. What's new? Pureness. Knowledge. Long-suffering, kindness. The Holy Ghost, love unfeigned by the power of God, by the word of truth, by the armor of God on the left hand and on the right. That's what we walk in, man. Do you fall short sometimes, Homer? Yes, I do. But I hate it, Miss Gay, when I fall short. I get underneath the blood. Let me finish with this real quick. First Corinthians chapter 13, I'm done. Let me quote First Corinthians 13, I think it's verse 4 through 7. Charity suffers long. The word charity is a word agape, a God kind of love. This is the way God loves. Charity suffers long and is kind. Charity envieth not. It's not jealous. Charity vaunted not itself. It's not puffed up. Charity is not arrogant. It's not braggadocious. It's not arrogant. Charity does not behave itself unseemly. Charity never seeks her own. Charity is never self-centered. It's about me, and you better adjust. He said charity is never, never seeks her own. Charity is not easily provoked. Charity, the word charity is the word love, the love of God. Charity thinketh no evil. Charity, a true Christian that walks in charity, and I remember the wrong done to him or her. That's charity. Charity does not rejoice in iniquity, but contrasting that, will rejoice in the truth. Charity endureth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things. Charity Endureth all things. Paul said this. Charity. Say it with me. 
It never fails. What a way to live, man. We talk about an outpouring. Charity never fails. Don't receive God's grace in vain. Giving no offense in anything. Giving no offense in anything that the ministry be not blamed. But in all things, in all things, approving yourself as a minister of God. In patience and done. In afflictions. In distress and necessities. In stripes. When you're beaten and almost dead, receive no offense. In prison, because you believe in defending babies, because you believe in Jesus, we're going to throw you in prison until you renounce. In tumults, we're going to let you sleep because of loud noises, in watches, in labors, in fasting, when they don't give you nothing to eat. He said, don't offend anyone, the power of God lives inside of you. Endure it. My grace will sustain you. This last statement. In all these things, by pureness, by knowledge, by long-suffering, by kindness, by the Holy Ghost, by love unfeigned, by the power of God, by the word of truth, by the armor of God on the left hand and on the right side. Don't take an offense. we got to let our light shine like a city that is set on a hill. That, my friends, is the kingdom of God. That is the kingdom of God. That is a walk in the spirit. Amen. Hallelujah. There's a lot more to add to it, but I'm done now. There's a lot more. I wanted to go into the ministry of reconciliation was chapter 5, but I'm done. I've been going through this book for years. James 3, chapter 1 says, Be not many masters, nor we shall receive the greater condemnation. I got to know that what I preach is in context. That's why it takes so long to preach stuff. He said, be not many teachers, knowing, Homer, you receive the greater condemnation. I can't lead you astray. I got to make sure that what I say is in context. Amen. Harry, you want to set out the buckets, please? Now, I want you to say amen if, if you can be honest with me and say that the Holy Ghost ministered to you today. Amen. Did you learn a little something? Hallelujah. Stand with me, please. What time is it? Oh, I've got 15 minutes left. Now, stand with me, please. Get that song ready for me, Marty. Let's go pray real quick. That song, Harry, that you know what I'm talking about? He knows my name. Just bow your heads with me, please. And Marty's going to play this song for us. 
You bow your head and just close your eyes with me. Let's go home and we dismiss by a word of prayer. We listen to this song real quick. I want you to hear the words. Enjoy it and just listen to the words. Listen to the words of this song. Listen carefully. Close your eyes. Grab somebody's hand next to you. Grab somebody's hand. Don't talk to them. Listen to the words. Grab somebody's hand. Don't say a word to them. Close your eyes. Listen to the words of this song. Listen. It's a bit more. Listen carefully. He knows my name. Hallelujah. Yes, he knows my name. He knows my name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes, he knows my name. Stay with me, please. I beg you. Somebody's hand will say a word to him. Listen to the words. You are his own. Hallelujah with me. Yes. Listen to the words.
Jesus died for you, man. He died for your sin. He doesn't want your money. He doesn't want your membership. He doesn't want you to acknowledge that He is the way, the truth, and the life. If you don't know that Jesus is Lord of your life, we're going to pray together as a church. And if you say this prayer with me and you mean it, there will be a change in your life. An absolute change. So let's pray this together. If you mean it, say this prayer and God will come live inside of you and you'll become a new creation. Say, Heavenly Father, I come to you today a sinner. Lord Jesus, I believe that you are my substitute. 
I believe that you are the Son of God. That you died on the cross. And the third day you rose again. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord and my Savior. Forgive me of all my sins. Today, my Lord, I become a new creation. Thank you for your blood. Hallelujah. Amen. Father, we bless you and we thank you. This offering we're about to receive, we thank you that it's sown in good ground. And we thank you that we'll be back Sunday morning. Here our pastor preach the gospel of the kingdom. We thank you and we love you. We love everybody out there online and we love everybody in here. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Love you guys. God bless you.